Welcome back to EXPN, your home for up-to-the-minute coverage of the League of Ultimate Questing, or possibly the final time. I am your host, Paige Taterow, and with me as always is my close personal friend and cosmic arm wrestling champion, Sarge Hardbody. With Warren and Dirk returning to Zenith, Paige and I are ready to vamoose, but before that happens, we got a lot of news to catch up on. Indeed. Since their return, the Fallow Crown has dominated the news cycle. Axis quests on hold, off-world scries archived for later release, and a never-ending stream of press conferences from spokespersons justifying their decision to scry so controversial a quest. The administration is in shambles. Tonatiwa, Gorthanox, and Mule representatives are eating crow for their part in the election of Glenn Armistice. Meanwhile, the AAA has had its business license and administrative status suspended pending a full investigation. Scott Humphreys, paralegal and personal assistant to Glenn Armistice, has assumed full responsibility in his employer's absence, claiming that he, quote, was Mr. Armistice's right-hand man. I don't know about you, Paige, but I use my right hand to wipe. Ew. What? No. Gross. Oh, I forgot. You box up your waist and return it to your home plane. Better than 3D printing a shame log after every cup of hot bean water. Can't argue with that. In any case, the satellite is in shambles and the administration is without a clear leader. As such, a special meeting has been called to elect a temporary chairperson to head up the cleanup. I can't wait. Who's it gonna be? Doug seems to have a real head on his shoulders. The last time I saw Doug, he was eating paint chips before the Bowery youth could be tempted. Well, that sounds nice, I guess. Except no one in the Bowery had any intention of eating paint chips until he started doing it. Look, I said he had a head on his shoulders, not a good one. Whoever is selected to lead the commission, they will have a lot of work ahead of them. Speaking of work, let's hear from our sponsors. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's Journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's Journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. The industrial nightmare of Glenn Armistice's lab reeks of rust and black magic. The extractor hums, casting fuchsia light upon the vile mechanisms of the chairs which might have stolen your very essences. Dirk Bradley stands like the human embodiment of a TGI Fridays, despondent but colorful. <laughs> His colleague, Warren Rusborough, steps forward, his jet-black melanistic flesh interrupted with slashes from days of torment at the hand of his captor. Dirk, 
Dirk, are you all right? Sorry, what? Stay with us, Dirk. Uh, I'm having a... I'm having a time. We're all having a time, Dirk. Let's keep it together. It's very big, Rust. It's very big. It's very big, Dirk. I have a name. (laughs) He's staring at his father? Question mark? I'm... So I guess I'm... I'm a god. Nope, nope. Let's not think like that. I mean, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. It makes sense. It makes so much sense. It's why everything always works out for me. Rust, I'm your god. Nope. Again, let's think about this more logically. (laughs) There is some divinity to what you are, apparently. (laughs) But visions of grandeur do not belong in every bag. (laughs) You are, for what it seems... A plural in some way. A manufactured plural. Is that why every time I go to my dream, it's always just that place? Again? That might be part of it. That's exactly right. I I don't mean to interrupt. Do do you have questions about plurality? Okay, so, if I'm a god, does that mean I can, like, make people do stuff? No, quite the opposite, in fact. Wait, what? That's part of being a celebrity, Dirk. Oh, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like that time I gave that guy a quarter and he tried to wash my windshield, even though I wasn't driving anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's just money, Dirk. (laughs) So money is God. Got it. I mean... (laughs) I have heard that one before. That does touch basis on several theses I've written. (laughs) Uh, Look, I I don't... um, I don't know what you're going to do with him and gestures towards Glenn. I've got a few ideas, cracking his knuckles. Armistice just kind of grabs his ribs and says, There's nothing you can do to me. Not that matters anyway. Oh, you don't know about that. We got a lot of practice solving family problems. I think we should all be reminded that we are on scry. And that our quest is extraction, not extermination. I've always liked you, Gaspar. That is not the compliment you think it is. <laughs> oh, shit, zing! Got him! He raises a hand. Warren slowly pushes it back down. <laughs> I think it's important that we get Dirk out of this horrible place, and the rest of us. My house? Looking around. <laughs> I mean, this isn't my house. It's not like my bedroom or anything like that, but this is my house. I grew up here. Wish I was going to put a little finger up. Uh, pardon me. I got two important questions. Uh, where are we? And how do we get out? You're in the lovely Beta D22. It's a demiplane. It's not very impressive. But we can basically do whatever we want with it. Can we leave? Fine. Great. First time I've had a house guest in maybe 30 years, but that's cool. Oh, we'll we just... don't... Oh, Mr. Bradley, oh, I'm sorry. We don't have to right now. We just, you know, extraction. It, it says we got to get you back to your... your booth where all the fine people can hear your lovely baritone voice. I mean, he's not going anywhere. I I would hang. <laughs> Fair. The commission rarely allows time for dinner parties. All right. Best you go. Is there anything I can give you? Oh, oh, I know. Your mortal essence. You probably need that, right? That would be nice. I think the chair did take a good chunk of soul from us. I'm sure Rusty can figure it out. Huh? I'm missing a few years, too. Can you bring those back? You overestimate my knowledge of magical chairs. (laughs) 
I don't know. That one time we played musical chairs, you did a pretty good job. <laughs> you swore we would never speak of it. <laughs> I'll give it a look. As Warren walks over to the control system, he does a little fidgeting around. Oh, the instructions are written in Abyssal. It's all right. I speak Abyssal. <laughs> and realizes that there is actually a way to put your essence back. And uh, I have something for you, Gaspar. Warren gestures for Gaspar to stand in the center of the mechanism. Did it take something extra from me? More like returning something extra. I like the sound of this. I thought you might. Warren goes over to Armistice, picks him up, shoves him inside of one of the chairs, and straps him in. A few moments later, and after a few button pushes, the machine kicks on. The fuchsia light brightens, and you feel your spiritual essence invigorated. <laughs> My spiritual essence is very deflated naturally. <laughs> you have gained the ability Soul Harvest. Gaspar has the ability to lash out with his spiritual hunger. He gains a natural spell attack using his charisma modifier. The attack has a range of 10 feet and deals 1d6 charisma. 1d6 plus charisma mod in damage. Psychic damage, specifically. You then heal an amount of soul wound damage equal to the damage dealt. Ooh. My soul is erect. That's a first. That's exciting. That's badass. Turns out all I had to do was... Basically, recalibrate the machine to do exactly what it did to us, but allow you to do that. And thankfully, Glenn put in all the legwork and wrote a lot of charts. You're welcome. More tools to work with. I like it. Penelope, it seems there's a little here for you as well. Oh, but I didn't lose anything. More than you know. As Nelly stands in the center, and the machine is activated, you feel a greater sense of connection to your plurality. Your laurel now has a new upgrade. The wearer of the laurel has an additional spell known. After spending one hour with a creature, the bearer may make a DC 16 insight check to learn one spell that creature knows or has prepared. Once per day, the wearer may change the spell known to another spell from the same target. That's very cool. So many gifts from daddy. <laughs> this evil soul-sucking chair is a lot more versatile than you'd think. I think this belongs to you. Dirk walks over to the place where the rapier that Glenn was wielding fell to the ground. He picks it up and hands it to Iavos. A sword? That's the rapier of wit. <sighs> he takes it in his hand and studies it. It is almost as if it is an extension of yourself. You suddenly understand how someone like Gaspar can wield a weapon with such elegance and efficiency. This plus two rapier is very rare and requires attunement. It uses intelligence for attacks, and any attuned creature with a spellcasting ability using intelligence as its modifier is proficient in this weapon. Once per long rest, the attuned creature may spend a bonus action to swap one wizard spell they have prepared with another of the same level. The creature must succeed on an intelligence saving throw equal to 12 plus the spell level, and failure causes 2d6 psychic damage but does not expend the ability. So if you realize you didn't have something prepared that you needed to, you could just swap a Rooney. In this moment of reverence, while all of you are looking at your new abilities, your new items, the new things you got, over by Wuxia's chair, you hear... <laughs> as Wuxia is sucking on one of the pipes like a great big Capri Sun straw. He looks over at everybody and says, think my chair's broke. Uh, 
how about old me? Well, you know I paid the price for breaking free, but uh, what you got for the Wooster? <laughs> Other than the taste of dirty old chair. <laughs> Which admittedly is a considerable reward. Across. <laughs> Think I've had my fill of sucking on dirty old things for one lifetime. You know, there is a friend I'd be worried about leaving behind. They wanted so much to experience more of the world, and they're so close to my art. I'm not going anywhere. I- I'm right here. We can hang out any time. Don't worry. Your voice will always be in my ear somewhere. It always is. It's just the voice. Nobody wants the man. I'd like to go sailing with you sometime. <laughs> Aside from that, there was this fantastic knocker. I... I... Dirk looks down at his own chest. <laughs> <laughs> Mood. Almost. You're close. I bet I could stick her there and she'd be perfectly happy with it. Her name was, uh, her name was Long. Her name. <laughs> Long. Y'all folks help out. Lady Dorabella Oakwood von Maplegate. That was the one. You want a door knocker? Well, she was so sweet. It's subjective. I mean, okay. Rusty, can you, um, can you pull some knockers out of my fancy dream palace? I... I don't know. <laughs> uh, Dirk goes over to the chair and sits down and like starts rubbing his temples. If we don't stop him, he'll do this for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Bringing something from this place back to the material. That's going to deplete what's left in this machine. Are you sure you want a door knob? It's either that or the bucket helmet. The bucket helmet won't speak to me. Yeah, but if you talk into the bucket helmet, it's almost like you have a friend. Uh, and if you put it close to your ear, you can hear the ocean. Mm-hmm. I just hear the cleaning lady yelling at me. <laughs> you still didn't really get a gift. Oh, I have an idea. I think I have something for you, Wusha. I go through Glenn's pockets. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Stop. I don't care. It takes a little while, but as you dig through his pockets, you do find something. It's a small metallic rectangle with a hinge on top. When you open it, it looks like a standard lighter. And he goes, no, my water lighter. Uh, it's so cool. A water lighter? I mean, it's nothing. It's just a lighter. Give it back. Uh, no. <laughs> As you flick the flint, it literally lights with water. Oh, this is cool. You're going to love this, Wusha. <gasps> and, uh, I mean, to the victors go the spoils. Do we want any of his other stuff? I do feel spoiled. <laughs> Come on, don't volunteer me for more crap. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Gaspar? Do you want his shoes? the lighter that you have can be held up to any uh object and it will immediately begin to dampen at a rate of about one foot per six seconds a wet maker box it can also be held up to any vessel and it will slowly start to fill it at a rate of about a gallon every minute (laughs) oh jeez hell yeah (laughs) happy quest day you big dumb idiot thank you that said i think i figured out how to make this door thing happen I found that you just turned the knob. Nope. Slapping his hand away. (laughs) (laughs) Wusha is going to beam eagerly like an excited child. After some fiddling and some button presses, uh, the center of the machine manifests Lady Dorabella. Oh, dear. I'm alive. You're real. I'm proper. You're you're here. Put me on a door and show me the world. I'm going to pick her up. Look at Warren and Dirk. Where's the door? Why not bring her back to the mansion, Wusha? You can put her in your bedroom. I have a door for you! 
Yes, deep underground in your bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going back to the mansion. That old stuffy turd palace is not worth your excellence. We're going to my place. He strides over to a door and throws it open. Outside is just a place. It's grass. There's trees. There's really nothing interesting. It looks like a wide stretch of boring Scottish highlands. On the hill, you see a massive castle. It looks pretty nice. A little old, a little run down. It looks like it might have belonged to some kind of baron of whatever this place might have been. It's a little on the Gothic side, and everything has this kind of weird, vague Eastern European vibe that none of you are finding particularly appealing. But generally, it's a pretty place. However, at the base of the cliff on which this massive castle sits is a small... Hut isn't the right word. Hut's a little too small. But house definitely isn't the right word either. You're guessing it's a little two-bedroom cottage. It's a love shack. As you approach, you see that most of the decorations on the outside are made predominantly out of construction paper that have been cut out and slapped on. Uh, Most of them have been dipped in some kind of either polyurethane or a glue of some kind and seem to be seeping a sticky substance as it slowly gets rained on over the years. As Warren drags the commissioner towards Dirk's house, what are the rest of you doing? Now, I I realize that there's a lot that we've just experienced, but is everyone all right? The amount of damage that man was throwing around was impressive. And I'll just kind of generally tend to the wounds of my friends to make sure we're patched up enough to go exploring. Was it pleasant? But I can guarantee you I've been through worse. I took a bit of a tumble there, but I'm doing fine. Are we supposed to be expecting more danger? Always. No danger here. Just good times and fine tea. He walks into the house and you hear a loud clattering of objects, things falling to the ground, some glass breaking. I have no faith in his words. Welcome to my every waking moment. As you walk inside, you see what is basically a groundskeeper's house that has been redecorated. Again, we're talking predominantly glitter, macaroni, construction paper. It looks like a kindergartner had at this place (laughs) with aggressive fervor. He reaches into the cupboard, and understand this is not a refrigerated cupboard, and pulls out a jug of milk and a bottle of second wind energy drink, which he then begins to boil on a pot. Oh, look, his slime collection. (laughs) How does he know the recipe for Chunky Grog? (laughs) (laughs) The recipe's just in your heart. Everybody knows that. (laughs) Let the ancestors tell you. As much as I welcome some misguided hospitality, we should discuss whether or not we're going back home soon. We have a lot of things to, shall we say, report to the League regarding this one, gesturing towards Glen Armistice. That all sounds well and good, but you know that we have to tell Hal. We have to tell him all of this. You're right, my dear, of course. You're thinking more clearly than I. And everyone back home already saw what happened. It was on Scry. Tell him what sudden and violent end seems appropriate. So you want to go to an archangel's domain, expose her, and defy her wishes that she has for her son? I'm so in. (laughs) As much as I want to make that bastard's life as difficult as possible and deny him any destiny his mum might think is written out for him, I don't want to be there. I don't want to go. I don't want to see him. He can rot. Part of me feels very similarly, Wusha, like that cutting all ties is the best option, but perhaps it's that we've known Hal for a bit longer, and we've been through a lot together. I'll never forgive the things he did to us, 
Even if he was misguided, he still... He almost ended us. Completely. Without remorse. But Hal didn't act alone. I was also involved in that. And I had a chance to... do better. Surely he deserves another chance as well. But you're not like him. You've got... lots of yous, and you don't got choice over what lots of yous do. To be fair, Hal does have the lack of choice in comparison with Penelope. He's been guided by his mother for longer than any of us thought. Clearly from before the time he was born, according to this, holding up the paper that Hal left me. Penny Dreadful is part of me. She still is, in certain ways. No, I refuse to accept that. You're alive and he's a tool. Whatever Hal is, Wusha, I'm worse. You have to accept that. You have to stop making permissions for me. Do you know why I hate Toontown so much? Because everything has a face and it always comments when you shit on them? (laughs) (laughs) Because it acts like it's this happy, whimsical place, but it's not. It's dangerous. It has this darkness underneath, and it's... Toontown is me, Wusha. Toontown is everything... I've been questioning about myself. Toontown is what keeps me up at night. Iavos puts his hand on Nelly's shoulder warmly. You have to stop making excuses for me. You all do. And she looks at Iavos. Hot tea, ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Dirk lays out an array of glasses, some that are decidedly not intended for hot drinks. A couple of plastic cups with funny faces on them, a mug that says world's best dads, and two wine glasses. What he pours into these glasses is a thick chartreuse color, creamy and opaque. Dirk, I am not drinking boiled soda milk out of a champagne flute. (laughs) Wusha is going to grab one violently enough where it spills out over the side of his hands, walk toward the door of the cottage, go outside and slam the door behind him as hard as he can. As you slam the door, the entire shack suddenly takes on about a two-degree slant. So what are we talking about? The representative for Verata calls to alter this session of the Administrative Council. First item of business, it should be lifting the ban on immigration. We have refugees that need entry. I believe trade takes precedence. After all, without food and essential goods, we can't support new migrants or laborers. I do not recall electing the devil to lead this session. I understand that bylaws can be a difficult thing to read through. But we've been rotating auxiliary council head duties since the first session of the administration. So it falls to me. Leave it to the lawyer to leverage the rules to his own benefit. The chair motions to cede his duties and powers to the spokesman for Miklan. <clears throat> Second. All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Nay. 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 Gotta be a hard nay for me. Dumb. They denied my motion. Sorry, Tone. You did that on purpose. I can't even imagine how. 
Were we trying to do something here? We were picking up the pieces left by Armistice. A man you voted for. An error in my calculations, to be sure. I figured they would wait longer to play his hand, but Goethe and his goons, the callow frown, forced it. Gorsinox, please. For one thing, they are abscissus goons. And for another, no amount of frustration justifies bad wordplay. Where are the Mule, Aura, and AAA representatives? We cannot decide any of these issues without a supermajority. Ah, yes. The AAA's probationary status excludes them from a supermajority, as we all know. Mule has given the proxy to Absissa Vinculum due to her extensive employment of their services. What can I say? I invest in my infrastructure. Was that a dig at me? A dig? Well, how would you know? You haven't broken ground on anything beneficial to your community since my friends fixed your little problem. Absessa, please. We can always make fun of Gorsinox later, behind his back, like we always do. For now, we have votes to count. You haven't accounted for Aura. Quick as a cat, as always. That is because ours vote is only required for a supermajority on matters that address the cosmic balance. They can attend any session, of course. But if, say, they were tied up in a heated argument about what to do with a particularly large donation from a local spokesperson, they might be uh, disinclined to respond to my invitation, which may have also been delivered to their able branch. Are you all going to sit here and let this man manipulate the system so he can ram through sweeping changes without considering the bureaucratic process? Yes. Yeah, that's cool. I'm not in love with it, but better than the alternative. I was just making sure all of our ducks were in a row. But what about Maven? Surely he must be included in any supermajority. He is, after all, one of the founders. Indeed he must, which is why I would like to introduce his proxy. Please, welcome Rain Fallen Foe to the council. May she represent your client with dignity and grace. My thanks to the spokesman for Verata. Shall we begin? The first item on the agenda the release and reinstatement of Commissioner Isago Shigure. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Well, how are you kids doing in here? We're bored. Oh, no. Maybe we should go to Kid Zone Epic Fantasy Fungin. 
Kids Zone Epic Fantasy Fungeon, the kid-friendly underground playhouse. Teach your kids about teamwork, preparation, and self-preservation in the Epic Fantasy Fungeon, an endless replica dungeon made out of kid-safe foam padding and bright, stimulating colors with simple but crucial puzzles. Dodge the squirt gun wall traps, leap over the bottomless ball pit, do battle with teddy bugbears, and defeat the nasty homework demon at the heart of the labyrinth. But don't take a wrong turn or you could be trapped for all eternity. And while the kids have their epic fun, you can kick back in the parents' lounge. They're over all the time, just waiting for me to let my guard down so they can trip me and strip my flesh. God, there's so many of them. More wine, madam. Just leave the bottle. Mommy, mommy, we unearthed an ancient curse. That's nice, sweetie. Kid Zone Epic Fantasy Fungeon. Survival hey, of the funnest. Oh, sorry. I thought I smelled a rad nerd. Oh, wow, that's you. Are you new to the LUQ? That's awesome. But might I suggest starting from the beginning? We have so much content to share with the world, we would love for you to get to consume it all, dreading the approach of the cosmic evil known as The Wall, or being fully caught up on episodes and having to wait a full week for the next installment. Tragic. Just tragic. Even though we release episodes hashtag every fucking Monday, the fans do be hungry. This show is made possible by Patreon. We have a ton of great rewards for all tiers. Why, just now, I uploaded a bunch of wacky custom magic items I made to give my players at some recent Goblin Up events. They're absurd, heavily themed, and hopefully inspire you to bring some laughs to the table. There is so much content, though, y'all. Maps, monsters, and more. And the highest tiers get to make characters in the world's meta or get mentioned with their legendary mid-roll teams. The current legendary mid-roll teams are the Titans Rise, the Twilight Concord, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Forgotten Legacy, with Chance Llama and username Already Taco. To get a personal message read on the show or for possible advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. Follow us on YouTube for live premieres of the new episodes with Dana on Monday night and Pokemon Soul Link Nuzlocks with me and Zach on Wednesday. The mailing address is 2511 Southeast Pine Street, Portland, Oregon 97214. If there's anything you've been dying to send to the cast that we can share on social media, as long as it's not homemade food. And we had a bunch of new cuties show up on the Discord recently, and we really like that. Let's keep it going. But that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the battle axis. Are you bad with money? Got a hole in your bank account? Do all your investments turn into regretments? Well, not me. I got loads of banknotes, portfolios, and little graphs with dollar signs that all point upward. What's my secret? I'm a tycoon throbe. When the moon is full, I transform into a stock market genius. I turn penny investments into new houses. I buy low and high and sell higher. I trade the oatmeal cookie my mom packed for me for a whole sleeve of cream-filled chocolate biscuits. I am the werewolf of Wall Street. Pot man, pot bear, pot bowl, all cash money. But how do you do become a tycoon trope? That's why I started Wherewithal. I know some guys. Come on down, we'll talk business. Once we settle on a number, one of my boys will bite you right in the wallet. And bingo, bango, banana Sunday. come the next full moon, you'll be howling at the big bucks. Wherewithal. Don't be a laughingstock. 
be a cashing stock. That's a good slogan. It makes sense. Shut up. As you all board your as yet unnamed ship, the taste of what is unmistakably warm key lime pie in your mouth, <laughs> mm, surprisingly good, there is a pall that has been cast over the crew. But your struggle is not with the fate of Glen Armistice, for Warren and Dirk have decided they will take care of that particular problem. Instead, the crown stands divided. Wusha, after having quietly made his last checks to see if the ship is okay to launch, is standing at the wheel, uncharacteristically thinking for a moment before disembarking. Iavos comes up behind Wusha and places a hand on his back. What? Wusha, I know you'll always follow us if we agree on something, even if you don't. I appreciate that. But listen, I feel very similarly about the things Hal did that you do. I don't want to go and build a bridge. I don't want to go and offer an olive branch. I want to tell him the truth and let him make his decision. We owe him that. I'm well aware of what we owe him. Wusha pulls hard on the wheel, hard enough to make anybody not sitting or holding on to something stumble a little bit, and takes off toward the ring gate. As you approach, the small device set up next to the helm prompts you for coordinates. What would you like to enter? Wusha is going to hover his hand over the input and slide the planar map over to a small area called Skanawi, almost confirming it. His finger is going to slide back over the map until it's at Aetheltoa, and I'll press in there. I'm glad you're with us, Wusha. I wouldn't want to go without you. I guess what's good for you is good for the crew. The ring gate washes with the familiar kaleidoscope of the planar tunnel, and you pass through it onto the plain of Aetheltoa. Below you, her skies are shrouded in the fog of war, gossamer gray, woven with the acrid bite of blood and black powder. You begin your descent at least an hour from Cloudbreak. There's a knock on Penelope's chamber. Come in. It's me, dear. Can we talk for a moment? Oh, of course. Go over and sit on the bed next to her and put my arm around her. I have something that I'd want to give you. This place is probably beyond anything we've approached before. We should all be ready. And it seems time that this would be better in your hands. And I'll uh, take out the quill staff of the illuminator and gesture it out to you. Your staff, Papa? I think you can use it well. You've always been a better writer than me anyway. Uh, I don't know what to say. You've, you've carried this for as long as I remember. I've never even touched it. Especially when you weren't home. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dear. You were there when I found it. And... About what you were saying earlier, I need you to understand that I've seen that part of you. I know it, and it's still in my heart. If it seems like I've been ignoring it, you have to understand it is constantly on my mind. It's in every part of my nightmares, but I still love you, 
and all I can do is continue feeding you that love and hope that it helps you make your choices. I love you too, Papa. I just worry. Penny Dreadful thought that she was an inevitability, which means... Am I doomed to either break free of my fate and become like her, or to be consumed by my destiny like like the other me's? I don't believe it works that way. Everything in prophecy will happen until it doesn't. I don't think you understand how prophecy works, Papa. I think we've learned it's a little more flexible than we thought. After everything we've been through, don't forget that you have agency in this. The choice is the beautiful thing. I want to believe that, Papa. But wasn't that what you told Penny? I meant it then as well. She didn't get to find out. But you will. And I'll be here either way. At that, all of your bracelets go from their normal, gently glowing purple to an unlit black. A moment later, there's a click, and they turn back to purple again. A brief display pops above. Five over five. Holy shit, did we just get a perfect score on that tune thing? Oh, fuck yeah! (laughs) (laughs) We'll, We'll converge from our different quarters. Is this what I think it is? Is this our score? We're getting paid today. And... The bracer lit up again. Did they consider this a new quest? Yes, I think so. I, I feel all the eyes on us. Does this thing show us how much glory we have now? I say fiddling with it, trying to twist things. Uh, you try pressing on it, rubbing it, kind of do a little spiral on it. First I rub around it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not exactly sure what you do, but it does finally display your total glory. Three, which is what you had remaining from the last quest plus 20 from this quest, five times the four of your proficiency bonus. And I've got the two quin that Warren gave us before we left to make up for the glory we used there. We haven't had this much in quite some time. Isn't that good news, Wusha? Hmm. The five over five means perfect. Great. Well, in a plane of war, glory seems like a good thing to have. So, how do we find Hal in a world of war and then... What do we do when we find him? Seems obvious, doesn't it? You already said it. That's true. I'm. My main intent is to just tell him the truth of what we've learned. Then the ball's in his court, so to speak. Who knows speak with dead? I feel I know more than the rest about this subject. Being compelled to do what you don't want to. If for some reason... This knowledge that we share frees Hal from this chosen destiny his mother has created. Where does he go then? Back to the Fallow Crown? Would we even take him? The question hangs in the air. At the moment of cloudbreak, your hearts begin to pound with the beat of a silent war drum. The flat plain of Ethel is a world divided. A tarnished city of bronze, silver, and gold crumbles under the weight of neglect. To the far side, spires of black iron and red granite lay shattered upon the lifeless earth. But between these topias, you and Dis, 
lie the no-man's land of the war eternal. Her trenches bloat with the bodies of the dead and deathless. From their rancid blood rise copse and grove writ in onyx across the land. Foul cyclopean arbors spread as the roots of the darkwood begin to envelop the ashes of a heaven that was. Believe it. The Thano Crown is confronting their erstwhile ally and friend, Halifon Orison Jr. I don't know what he's been up to since Eudaimonia, but let me tell you, Aethletoa is not looking great. Indeed. It is truly a shame to see a heavenly play reduced to ruins. I can't even imagine what they're going to say to him. Hey, numbnuts, your mom's killed your pops later? Perhaps information isn't the only thing they wish to bring to the Holy Halbert. You don't, you don't mean... They wouldn't try to settle the score with them, would they? I don't know, Sarge. The fact is, for all their history, Halithorn did betray them. Wow. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little excited to see the crown go toe-to-toe with their ally-turned-nemesis. Oh, thank the gods. I thought I was the only one. Are you kidding me? It's all I've been thinking about since he killed Wusha and dipped off to help his nasty mama. It would seem he's not taking his duties as Darkwood champion lightly. Peach. If the Darkwoods on Ithiltoa, what does that mean for the cosmos? I don't know, Sarge. I don't know. Drama boat, baby. Drama <laughs> boat. We're on the drama boat, baby. Drama I don't like boat. Sad Shaw. He's a grumpy boy. You don't like Boo Hoo Shaw? Boo stole it right out of my mouth. Oh, yes. Very good. He's a big man with big feelings. <clears throat> That's just how he works. How he do be. Do we, we got do some Favy Momos? That was a really cool episode. Favy Momos. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. That was a good It was the right amount of us being emotional and then Dirk and Warren doing some goofy stuff. Yes. <laughs> I honestly was not confident I would be able to like do Dirk without being written. And oh, I'm just no. like lean into it. Feel feel the Dirk flow through you. <laughs> you we're, we're you in both his took backyard. that really naturally. <laughs> like for, for everyone yeah. at home, uh, Dirk and Warren were ad-libbed and uh, that was like pretty much almost just one take. <laughs> I mean, you spend like a hundred hours recording a character. You figure out how they think. Yeah. I felt so bad about the last friggin' episode because I was like, man, I'm just really not doing Dirk justice. And I'm like, I justified it by being like, oh, he, he did just wake up from basically a, a, a magical coma. Yeah. So He's in whatever. a stupor. My, my challenge is Warren in the world knows a lot more about what's going on than Law does because I'm just a player at the table, but I still have to play him smart enough to do <laughs> things. <laughs> well, for Favo Momo... Just because it's difficult to pick your own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd say the bequeathing of the quill staff. Fuck. That was so fucking good. Fuck. Oh, that was God, mine. Jesus, that was so good. I was almost going to pick that and I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I fucking love oh, yeah. daddy-daughter scenes. Oh, yeah. like, it's, such it was... a, it's such a, you don't see it in D&D. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was very touching and, and thank you. And I don't know what it does. <laughs> Usually that happens when. It's on the Discord. When the parent dies, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Or shadow. <laughs> oh, shit. Or maybe I just got a new pokey stick that's be- like better suited for me narratively. Boo-hoo-sha. <laughs> 
My favorite moment was the many descriptions of hot energy drinks shake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, can I tell a really quick story? Sure. Oh, no. Me and Suzanne were going through a fucking Dutch Bros to get some coffee at one point in time, right? And I decided to get one of, like, the blended Red Bull drinks, yeah? Mm. And I stumbled over the word, like, blended, frozen, whatever, and I looked at the fucking uh, the, the person working there, and I was like, does anybody get it any other way? And she stopped, and she was like, I have one customer who regularly gets that drink steamed. Which almost made me fucking vomit in the car right then and there. Hey, listeners, if you drink hot, syrupy, mixed Red Bull, stay the hell away from me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hot Kool-Aid works. i so try hot, it. Hot, hot Red Bull works, too. How? Hot Kool-Aid is just jello before it's set. Yes! <laughs> but <laughs> energy drink. Also good. Also, yeah. just as a side note, if you heat up Coca-Cola and drink it, it is so sweet, it's almost unbearable. It is designed to be drank cold or room temperature. Any soda... Because of the sheer volume of sugar is almost in, unimbibable. Yeah. Just so a, actually, it's healthier if we all just drink hot soda because yes. we can reduce we'll the sugar. That is the essence <laughs> of what I'm trying to <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we help America. <sighs> I like the idea of drinking unset jello shots. <laughs> just hot little cups of sugar juice. I was gonna, I was going to do Dirk and Warren. I really appreciate having like like pouty wusha mm-hmm. and like really committing uh-huh. to it because that's that's something we frequently need on this team and I love that I love how divisive the the topic of Hal is and I, I love what you bring to the table with that. On a side note, the the thing I thought about doing that just never came around was just like, hey Dirk, want want to learn to do miracles? <laughs> I'll oh, also boy. teach you the, the secret pearl handshake. <laughs> I feel so bad. There was a line that Angelo dropped that I really liked, and it's totally like slipped out of my mind. But when he said it, I was like, mm, I like that a lot. And now I can't what say it, it, so yeah. it's worthless. Oh fuck yeah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! <laughs> Money. Um, if he said it like that, <laughs> fuck yeah. Uh, go by go say every line you've already done. <laughs> Just read and take this whole episode. Look, I'm the one who said, and I forgot everything. <laughs> Hey, remember that line that really fucking slapped ass? No. We love that one. I'm That's so all. fucking singular. Wait, Angelo, I you only live in the this present. Ooh. Oh, it's, it's funny. Girl. We're gonna re-listen to it. And I'm pretty what sure it was, I so. smoked Armistice, <laughs> hey. which might be. I don't think that was it. But I, I also did like when Penny asked if Casper wanted his shoes. <laughs> I, I wanted to respond to that, but we kept moving. Yeah, it's, like, it's like only on moving. principle. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've never loved the the trope of hey, the villain is now incapacitated. Let's be really mean to him because I just feel like it robs the previous yeah. scene of its tension almost retroactively. But that was really, that was all really funny. I, I <laughs> actually, I almost had a line I was going to feed him from Warren that was like, you run the AAA, you know the rules in the league. If someone gets <laughs> yeah. beaten, you take their stuff. No, mine was like, oh, I don't collect heads anymore. I guess I got to start collecting something now. Shoe collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, um, and I, I agree with you. I, I feel the exact same way, and I, I think hitting him would be way over the top. Mm-hmm. But taking his stuff at the moment... Was funny to me, yeah. I, and I, I kind of wish you had said that line. That would have been a juicy line of just like just you know the rules. Relating it to Luq makes it more funny because yeah. I even as a DM, the second like the second they're down, they go loot hungry hyena. It takes me out of it, but <laughs> mm-hmm. like, approaching it with some reverence and yeah. caution. Uh, there was like enough of a downtime that we we like there was at least five minutes before you started robbing the man blind. <laughs> I mean, technically, we had an entire month for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have yeah, not just him. His work is just like I have a quick clarifying question through force of habit would Gaspar only take like one shoe 
Mm. <laughs> yeah, that would be Wuxia. Oh, right. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Just like, we retcon it. I'm taking those shoes. <laughs> we're starting it. I feel like we've covered enough favorite yeah. moments, but I will say uh, you prompting me to just come up with something that was on Glen Armistice, and I'm like, water lighter. Perfect. Wet Done. Lighter. Oh, yeah. Me. No, I was, uh, I was actually about to ad lib just like, like, like some silvers and a membership card somewhere, but that was <laughs> the Drippo. Drippo! Oh, oh my god, is that's that a commercial? Ad. I feel that's like that's, that's an ad. Commercial. <laughs> yeah. Drippo lighter. The Drippo lighter, All I right. fucking love it. All right. Anyway, uh, I want to thank everybody for coming and listening. I really, 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 really love this uh, chapter. I'm really excited to see where it goes. I want to thank uh, Brie Golden for making all the maps that she has done. And honestly, she's been pumping them out so fast and so hard. She's been busy. Yeah, she's been making maps for other people, and I'm really excited about that. And just generally, it's been doing great. Sam, as usual, does a fantastic job. And I hope you're excited to see that this episode clocks in at one hour, five minutes, instead of the usual one hour, 35. Fuck yes. We kept it tight. Kissy noise. We love you, Sam. Yeah, we made a promise to make short episodes and then immediately made a lot of long ones. (laughs) Hell yeah. Progress isn't linear. We're all about consistency here. This episode's going to end up being 20 minutes long. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm glad we've got it into a tight, like, crisp hour-ish, and uh, I hope he's excited to see that. And more importantly, I hope you're excited to see the next episode. But until we get there, we wish you luck. (laughs) 